It's time for Supply Chain Now. Broadcasting live from the supply chain capital of the country, Atlanta, Georgia. Heard around the world, Supply Chain Now spotlights the best in all things supply chain. The people, the technologies, the best practices, and the critical issues of the day. And now, here are your hosts. Hey, good morning. Scott Luton and Greg White with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome back to the show. Got a really special episode teed up this morning, right, Greg? Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of 4-2 and see how I didn't exactly give it away. And, and of course, really honored to speak to the folks who are n- not only associated with greatness, but creating their own greatness in their mm-hmm. own right. And, of course, part of our Logistics with Purpose series, which is everybody's favorite. I couldn't have put that better. And of course, Logistics with Purpose here on Supply Chain Now, powered by our friends at Vector Global Logistics. And on, the, on this series, one of our favorites, we spotlight leaders and organizations that are changing the world in some way, shape, or form. And stay tuned as we're not only we're going to increase your supply chain IQ, but your leadership IQ and acumen. A quick programming note before we get started. Hey, if you enjoyed today's conversation, and I bet you will, uh, be sure to find us and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. We'd love to for you not to miss conversations just like this. I want to welcome in our esteemed special co-hosts here today, Enrique Alvarez and Adrian Pertil, both with Vector Global Logistics. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Scott, Greg. It's, it's a pleasure being here as always. And uh, yes, this is one of our favorite series. And today is going to be particularly special. I'm very excited about the opportunity to talking to, to our guest of honor. I cannot believe both of y'all have kept everything under wraps. I tried my far. best. And the, you know what's funny is they're both right here, like we're hiding anything. <laughs> so, Adrian, good morning. Uh, great to have you back here. We, we should give a special sh- shout out to our friends at Books for Africa, right? Yeah, absolutely. Good morning, uh, Scott and Greg and, and everyone on the call. Uh, pleasure to be here as always. Uh, yes, I'd just like to thank uh, Books for Africa for introducing us to uh, to David and, and Meta. Books for Africa is our very treasured uh, customer, friend and, and partner. And, uh, they do incredible work uh, on the African continent, uh, sending over many, many thousands, hundreds of thousands of books, almost at the million, uh, at the uh, 50 millionth bookmark now. They do incredible work in Africa. And I know David has had uh, some involvement with book, Books for Africa for the last six or seven years. So thank you to them as well. Prior guest on the show as well, right? That's right. Um, all right. With no further ado, let's welcome in our two guests here today. Uh, we're so pleased to have both David Robinson, the youngest son of, of course, the legendary Jackie Robinson. He's also managing director of the Higher Ground Development Corporation. He serves also with Upcountry International Products, and he's a coffee farmer. And, and all the extra time he's got on on his uh, docket with Emishikimano Farmers Group. David Robinson, good morning. Good morning. Great to be with you, Scott. Honored for you to be with us. Looking forward to learning a lot more from you, David. And you're joined by your daughter, Meta Robinson, who also is IT product manager in industry. She also manages the U.S. operations for Upcountry International Products, which represents the really popular Sweet Unity Farmers Coffee. Meta, good morning. Good morning, Scott. Honored to have you both with us here. We've got so much we want to pick your brain on, and, and thanks so much for your time. All right, so Greg, where do we want to start with David and Meta? Well, let's find out a little bit about them. What do you say? First, it is, it's really an honor to have you both here. Uh, it's clear that one job is not enough for either of you, so uh, really appreciate your ambition. But 
David, let's let's start with you a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You are clearly something, I mean, clearly, I'm sure an honor, and I'm sure a, a, a real live family, and I bet there are some stories we don't know, being a son of the great Jackie Robinson, but you are more than that, and we'd love to hear about that as well. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Share that with our community. You know, I, I, I think I was fortunate to have been born in an era in American society and certainly within a family wherein social, social purpose, social mission, challenging uh, critical issues was the, the message and meaning of the time. Really, what people did was measured by it, how it impacted on social development. And so I have been involved uh, with my family, with my community, in, in efforts in social development almost organically from childhood. Uh, we genetically, raised, maybe. Yeah, yes, genetically, <laughs> organically, absolutely. We were, we were raising money for the Freedom Rides in the 1960s when I was 9, 10, 11 years old. And um, being part of the Robinson family, it really was all about social development. And I didn't come along in 1947. I was not born at that time. So all of the excitement about baseball was not really the focus when I was beginning to be conscious what I was conscious of was the impact that baseball had on American society. That's powerful stuff. I got to tell you, you know, so many of us in the States, of course, grew up with that as one of our biggest history lessons, not just a sports lesson, but a big history lesson. I got to tell you, it was encouraging for me to understand that those kind of things that were, were happening and truly your father was just a hell of a ball player who at the time happened to be black. And I mean, that, you know, there's no way to really give that justice. But, you know, the perspective I had as a child studying it in history was, you know, he deserved to be there and people fought alongside him to get him there. And, and that made, I'm sure, a great foundation for what you all have done. So tell us a little bit about, maybe a little bit about any impactful anecdotes, but also a little bit about how that's led you to do what you're doing today, David. In our family, the first in an industry, baseball, uh, the first and most recognized is my father. My uncle was the first executive in a, in a, in a major corporation. Another uncle was a first African-American in the post office. So, again, and no one talked about money, really. You know, I mean, my uncle was in the post office, my father was in Major League Baseball. They were both firsts and, and barrier breakers to social integration, social development, and the betterment of, of American society. And, and almost in my family seen, you know, as equals in terms of, of what they did was impacting society. Baseball was a great vehicle because it was the national sport. It right. was the sport that held the heart of the nation. And if you could show how that sport and that nation were really cheating themselves in terms of talent and excitement and, and great play in a game by segregating uh, members of the American society, 
you know, that, that translates to all of American history. And in my case, you know, in 1947, cars were made in Detroit, uh, radios and, and, you know, everything was American, issues were American. Right. We've gone from, from that domestic platform to really a global platform today. And it's what my parents, I think, set their children's lives up for was to look where the big issues and where the big platforms were and, you know, do what you can. And uh, I was given the opportunity to travel the world when I was young, went to Africa when I was 14 and 15 and so, with my parents. And so that exposure uh, took me to understanding or looking at the same inequalities and the same flaws that we had as a domestic society where we segregated our population and segregated our ability to, to produce, uh, to be part of a global society and limited that ability, those benefits. I was able to see that on a global basis and I was able to see a continent of a billion people in Africa who were producers but also segregated from the global economy and really excluded from the developmental relationships of their industry. And coffee is a great example of that. That's the industry that I've been in for the last 30 years. In Tanzania, 95% of our farms are family-owned, small-scale farms. But we feed into a huge global industry. So our work in, in the global coffee industry is able to take back global benefits right to the core of society, which is the family. That's powerful stuff. We're going to dig more into some of that in the rest of the interview, but I appreciate you establishing that as a foundation for us because I think that's it's powerful that it was an entire family of world changers, really, and it sounds to me like you continue to do that. So, Meta, tell us a little bit about what you're doing. You literally have a day job, and also you're participating in what David's doing as well. So share with us a little bit about that, a little bit about your upbringing. And so I, I was actually born in Kenya, and I lived in Namibia for most of my life. I um, came to the U.S. about 15 years ago. I came here for college and had enough since. I studied business. I remember during the early years of college working with my dad and he would send, you know, invoices for something or long emails about all of the different coffee work he was doing. And at the time you're like, okay, got it. That has since grown into, what is it, dad? Eight, ten years of us working close? I, 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 was, I was saying a decade, yes. Yeah, it's about with, ten a, with a growing involvement. Yeah, and so we started off with, you know, here's a lot of stuff for you to read, and now I am supporting my dad and the family on the U.S. operations of what is Upcountry International, which is our parent company, and the brand is Sweet Unity Farm. So I did um, marketing in school. I started in tech about 10 years ago. Um, so I work now as a product manager for Revlon. That is my full-time job, and I continue to support the business in both my worlds, which is my full-time work at Revlon and the coffee business, 
they, they work together in a way, in a powerful way, really, because I get to work at a you know great company in IT, really pushing and pulling all of these different innovative projects. And then I get to scale that down to what is our family, small family business, right? So it's really learning from the big and applying it to the small and vice versa. So that's what I've been doing and we're continuing to push forward with our e-commerce. So that's my baby in terms of the business. I, you know, love to work on our side, trying to improve it. And again, just bringing both my worlds together from my IT work at Revlon and the work I'm doing with my dad. E-commerce is a challenge unto itself, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> and so exciting too right now. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Well, I, I got to tell you, it's, Meta, it's interesting how sneaky, intentional parents can be in building culture and responsibility <laughs> and knowledge. Just a few emails here and there, right? And, and slowly building it over time. That's, that's really impressive. And clearly, it's part of your, maybe, literally part of your DNA. Yeah. Get intentional about these things. Yeah, I consider it to be one of my greater passions and, and a privilege and honor to be able to be something greater than myself and just earning an income, right? So that's, that's, that's it's been a great joy. Amen. Love that. David and Meta, we want to learn a little bit more. I appreciate what y'all have shared already in, in, in terms of perspective and, and both family and business. I want to dive in a little bit deeper uh, to, to not just Jackie Robinson, but also Rachel Robinson. You know, Rachel uh, arguably gets overlooked because Jackie's made such a big impact, but Rachel was a dynamo. And I'd love to, you know, circling back to you, David, maybe we focus on Rachel. What's one key, you, you've shared a few of the lessons learned that you, that not only you garnered from your family, and it sounds like your uncle as well and other family mem members, but your journey. But what's, when you think back to your father and your mother, what's one key life lesson that you see play out every day that maybe you haven't shared yet? My mother was also a professional woman. She worked. Uh, she uh, was a, uh, involved with Yale University as a nurse and a professor. She was director of the Connecticut State Mental Health Department. But she also had time to support and, and nurture her children. And from bedtime stories where, you know, I was part of King Arthur's round table and trying to deal with the kingdom's issues to traveling with her solo to Africa in 1965. She has been a, a huge uh, impact. And I tell you, Scott, even before, I never got to the level where I could read my mother's professional books in clinical psychology. That makes but, two of us there. Thankfully. <laughs> even with my limited capacity, when I saw a book titled Group Dynamics and Human Development, you know, <laughs> uh, that all in, impacted in terms of uh, there are issues beyond the obvious. And so she definitely represented, she loved classical music operas and symphonies and those were wonderful for me as a kid because there's no language involved or no language that i could understand involved in operas but right. there was there was emotion 
and that was in that's in kind of an international and, uh, and human dynamic which 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 goes across race religion nationality and i was exposed to that as a as a kid and the way an orchestra works together with the various component the winds and the percussions and the strings very much also a human dynamic of of our different uh, human personalities and cultures needing to work together in order to come up with a great final product love that uh, there's a synchronicity i can i can't believe i said that word right uh, <laughs> you know we're big supply chain dorks here and that it's very meaningful in global supply chain but to your point david it's meaningful across society and there's so much there that you shared and and i really appreciate you sharing some of rachel's accomplishments as a professional as a, a, a nurse, a director of nursing, a researcher at these prestigious institutions, all while, you know, supporting her husband and those efforts and founding the, the Jackie Robinson Foundation uh, in 1973 and all, all of that program, and it's helped so many people since. So just a tremendous, it, it, one hour and even some change does not give this justice, but uh, thanks so much for sharing that, David. Meta, same question to you, whether it's in the vein of your grandparents or whether it's in the vein of your parents or your greater family, you know, what's a, a key life lesson that, that's front and center for you, you know, day in, day out? There is a, a dedication to work and community that I have observed in my own family, whether it's my parents or my grandparents, my aunt, and, and the rest of, of my family. When I first came here for school, my goal was you need to graduate college and, and preferably at the top of your class. And so I committed myself for those four years to getting that done. There was a goal to be met and so I was goal-oriented and I pushed forward with that. The output of that was not so much about having a degree, but what do you do with the education that you have gotten what do you do with the skills that you have gotten to improve your life, but, but also hopefully beyond your own life, right? The goal has always been to do beyond your own. So I think that that theme and, and the strength it takes to accomplish that has been a big part of what I've taken away from my family, starting with the work of my grandfather and the work of my grandmother, who I didn't get to meet my grandfather, so my understanding of my grandfather other than what you read and hear about him is through the lens of my grandmother right so I've seen her live her life a certain way and you cannot help but appreciate and know that there is a continuation and, and a partnership that she had with my grandfather so it's not like she's just continuing his legacy it's something that they built together so seeing her and and she Grandma's 98 now, I would say, oh. I don't know if she's officially retired, <laughs> but, you know, I, I got to see her well into her, you know, 80s and 90s working, you know, continuing to be a part of the Jackie Robinson Foundation, continuing to be a part of other initiatives, you know, in education and, and beyond her, you know, her own her own family. So I think it's it's really that strength and, and just commitment and dedication to serving others and 
working hard to support yourself, but expanding that beyond, you know, your own needs. And so that's something I draw from my family. My aunt is a writer and, you know, does books for children that, you know, you get to, you see her extending herself even in the lives of young children. And, you know, I take my technology self and try to use that to, you know, have somewhat of an impact take the work we're doing with farmers in Tanzania and connect them to this side of the world. I love getting emails from customers, you know, saying, I was on your website and I read this about your farm. To me, it feels like we've made the connection between the farmers, some of whom I've met many years ago, and the people who are buying our coffee today and the people who are posting on our Instagram today. It's beautiful for me to see, you know, the connection of those two worlds. Completely agree. Well, very well stated to you both. I really appreciate your worldview and point of view that, that we're continuing to learn more and more about. So, you know, there's no finish line. The journey continues. There's always need, as David put it, in the, in the kind of in the family, one of the family mottos it sounds like is look where big issues are and then go out and do what you can. And, and, I, and I hear so much of that and how you both are uh, sharing your perspective here. All right, so to our audience, for our baseball uh, geeks like, like me, maybe this next question or two is going to be manna from heaven. So, David, thanks for indulging us here. As Greg pointed out, Look, Jackie Robinson, while he was a huge shade agent, he was one heck of a ball player. It goes without saying, six-time All-Star, uh, Major League, National League MVP. He was Rookie of the Year, the year he broke the color barrier. I and mean, that's just how good he was. Changed the game on, on a number of different facets. And, of course, uh, elected to the Hall of Fame in 1962. And one final tidbit for David, I ask you to weigh in and maybe share an anecdote or two. Uh, his number 42, and I've seen Meta some of your pictures at Belt Ballparks on Jackie Robinson Day, where all Major League Baseball players wear number 42 on April 15th of each oh. year, which is, we should have been doing that the, the year he left the sport. I mean, I mean, it's such an overdue, but now highly appreciated uh, move by Major League Baseball. So, David, as you mentioned, you weren't born when he broke, just yet, when he broke the color line. And, and boy, those would be some incredible experiences. But talk to us, if you could, when he was elected into the sports, one of the sports' greatest honors. Any, any anecdotes or experiences really stick out to you, David? One thing, Scott, that, that my father told me in terms of his reflection on that moment, he was walking to his office in the streets of New York sometime before they announced his induction into the Hall of Fame. African-American man walks up to him and says, Jackie, when you get elected into the Hall of Fame, that's going to be the happiest day of my life. And my father thanked him and went on. But as he was walking away from the man and thought about what the man said, that when he, Jackie Robinson, got elected to the Hall of Fame, that was going to be the happiest day in that man's life. It, it impacted him in terms of his relationship with people, with the African-American community, with the sports community, with, with, with all of the, the change elements uh, in America, um, that he was not just himself for himself, but he was this man, this man's was going to be his happiest day. 
And I think he felt hugely appreciative of what he was able to do for his family, yes, of course, for the sport of baseball, yes, but basically for across-the-board American society. I mean, he got into people's lives, and they were able to stand up and work a little harder, walk a little taller because of what he had done. Wow, such a, a powerful anecdote there, David. Meta, I know you didn't get a chance to meet your grandfather, but uh, in, in talking with your grandmother and, and learning some of these experiences for that, that legendary on-the-field success and beyond, what any experiences you'd like to share? Perhaps one of the things that um, stand out for me, I think of when I think of my grandfather and what he's accomplished is the discipline it took to do what he did for as long as he did and under the circumstances. I, I think we all struggle with some level of discipline, and I, I do too. And so I think I, I try to think of what he has accomplished and what he went through and, and, and kind of bring it into the context of my own daily challenges and, and you know, my, my problems today and try to dig a little bit deeper so that I'm not just looking at a problem at a surface level. I'm trying to understand something deeper about it and looking for a strength within me that is beyond, you know, the need to respect. So I, 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 you know, I've, I've heard and seen, you know, different articles and movies and, and films about my grandfather, and I see this, I see this man who I'm related to. I didn't get to meet. So there, it, it, it's kind of like you know someone, but you're like, oh, I happen to be related to this person, but you, you've not met them, you've not had conversation with them but you're getting so much from who they are and what they have accomplished. And so really when I'm going through something or trying to juggle through something, I, I just try to think of the, the discipline and the courage it took for him to overcome what he did. And I try to apply it to my own life and, and just constantly digging deeper and trying to look beyond, you know, what is the immediate problem at hand. And, and, and that's, one thing that I look for for strength, but I'm also working on because um, they don't always get it right. <laughs> Meta, thanks so much. Uh, yeah. Ricky, I know we're, we're shedding some light on your next question, but really quick for context for our listeners, you know, Jackie Robinson and, and the family, the impact didn't stop, obviously, when he left the ball field. He, he became the first African-American TV analyst for Major League Baseball. He became the first African-American vice president of a major corporation with chock full of nuts. I mean, he continued to break barriers. Uh, just, he was a, was a machine in that, in that fashion. It was just amazing. And, and as you both were speaking to, it was a team effort uh, between Jackie and Rachel Robinson and, and just the immense change agents they were for, for not just a sport, but, you know, as, we, as David, as you put it, baseball is like the microcosm of American society. And, and so what happens in baseball has that tremendous spillover effect, and that's what we've seen, thankfully. So, Enrique, I'll turn it over to you here. I know that there's, there's so much to ask, David and Meta. Uh, what's next? So, again, Meta and, and David, this is a, an incredible, incredible interview, and thank you so much for sharing all these personal stories about you and your life. And Meta, in particular, 
you, I wanted to point out to a specific picture, and I might actually go a little bit off of uh, script here, uh, but in your website, uh, sweetunitycoffee.com, uh, under the our story, there's like I believe a picture of your, I believe it's your dad at the very top. I don't know if yeah. you know which picture I'm talking about, but uh, it's Is really farm and holding a little girl's hand there's that one and then there's another one uh as well similar to that and, and so i just wanted to see if uh those were actual your pictures and your family pictures they look like they could be they are but i don't think i'm in any of them i would that was gonna be that was gonna be my next picture because they're uh incredibly beautiful and they they really portray what everything that you guys have been saying about what you do and how you do it. So uh, I was going to ask you about that as it relates to the purpose that you have right now. You have a successful career. You're uh, helping your dad. You're following uh, on the footsteps of incredibly accomplished individuals on both sides of the family, it sounds like. Uh, how do you, especially in, in, in this year with coronavirus and everything we're struggling with, how do you take all that in and, and what would be your your purpose uh, going forward? What drives you to kind of uh, accomplish what you want to accomplish? And, and if you could share a little bit more of, of your goal and your vision for the future. Um, I think this year was, you know, was a, 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 a curveball for, for all of us. I started off the year with big plans, you know, resolution, all of the many things I wanted to accomplish. A lot of that has shifted for, 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 for all of us. Our goals for the business has always been to continue to produce a good coffee, to continue to have the work that we do contribute to the, the producers and the farmers of our coffee. Um, my work has been focused on branding and marketing our coffee here in the U.S. So the goals have been the same, the drive has been the same, and probably more so now this year because of all of the many different challenges we've had. Um, what was unique about this year and forever will be was that it changed, it changed the way we did business, right? Our, our business was primarily in the airport industry. We partnered with some great brands on, you know, providing them a coffee in the airport and some street site locations. With the impacts of COVID-19, a lot of that changed. So all of the plans that we started off with, we needed to realign. Like most things, I think businesses and individuals, you have the necessary tools to realign yourself. This year, I don't know, I didn't know what tools to use to realign because everything was so unique about what was happening. We found ourselves in a position where you can do business, but you can really only do it online because people are not leaving homes, people are not traveling. And so we had to look at our business structure and see how we survive for what we didn't know and maybe starting to feel a little bit more confident now, but what we didn't know, the duration, like we didn't know how long this was right. going. So we've... Continue to invest in our, you know, our e-commerce business. We've continued to look at how we can reach more people, looked into ads. What we haven't done and, and are still working on is not just reaching anybody. We wanted our, our message to, to reach 
you don't know if somebody's the right person until you reach them, right? And then until they resonate with your message, but to reach people with a message that we felt strongly about. Our mission has always right. been to, you know, sell good product, bring it to this market, tell people about our story, tell people about the story of Sweet Unity Farms Coffee and the impact that it has in our local communities. Tell that story in the most authentic way to an audience that is dealing with bigger problems, right? That's dealing with a pandemic, that is dealing with you know, economic crisis. So how do we do that in a way that is still authentic, that is still you know, respectful, that it, and, and still has a place in people's homes and people's hearts? So our online business has and is continuing to go through this realignment of like, who are we in who are we but who are we also in this context right so i feel like i've probably not answered a lot of no your no no i no you 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 did um, so it's just it's it, and, and that's just from a business perspective but i think even from a personal perspective right we've had to deal with so much in these last few months and and the tools that used to work before weren't exactly working this time or needed to then be realigned, you know, the things that grounded us, you know, we needed to dig a little bit deeper into that, whether it's, you know, your faith and your family, you know, what are the things that are going to allow you to stay grounded while you wait out this very difficult period in, in, in our time? And how do you set yourself up so that when this is over, God willing, you will be in a position where you can stand up and, and, and do more and be agile in, in, in this environment? So that's how I'm rolling. <laughs> no, that's, thank you very much for sharing. And, and you're absolutely right. I mean, there's no, I never learned any of this in, uh, at school, right? There's no like a chapter on how to deal with global pandemics that I, yeah. that I learned about. So uh, has, has this whole change and adjustments made you and your company stronger, you feel? And are you better suited to handle the future? We learned a lot more this year than we did maybe in any other year. My dad does a lot of the, you know, heavy lifting in terms of making sure we have coffee to sell. Um, you know, he does a lot of the work, you know, in Tanzania. I get the sweet job of, you know, getting to sell the coffee that's already here in America. <laughs> so my job has gotten my the 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 objectives have gotten clearer i think i have a better sense of what we need to do i think there are many examples of companies that are thriving in this time so i i'm a big um i i, I love workshops i love things like linkedin learning and and i take different courses i love podcasts so i'm always trying to figure out what other people are doing to survive the times and so I think if anything we're we're stronger than we were at the beginning of this year and, and we're stronger going into a new year because of the challenges and 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 some of the things because because it, it really also highlighted some of our areas of development or opportunity right like maybe we've just gotten used to doing something a certain way so now we know that that certain way will not allow us to bounce back when something else happens. And, and I think we should always remember that, you know, there are external things that happen that you won't be able to control, but that will, you know. 
You and about 90% of the supply chain (laughs) recognize that. Don't feel like the Lone Ranger because this whole situation has rocked company after company. Even the ones who are or in the press appear to be thriving were knocked backwards. That's right. Large number of steps. Let's bring in Adrian. Adrian, you've been so patient. We've uncovered so much and good stuff already. And now we want to go back, Adrian, to the Jackie Robinson Foundation, right? Question to you, David. You've been involved with the uh, with the foundation now since it formed in 1973, and uh, we'd love to hear uh, about its uh, about its mission and uh, some of its programming. It all flows off of the theme and the challenges of my father's uh, baseball involvement and sort of development of, of of people in any society, education and and a, an ability and the skill to compete and participate is key to the success of integrating into a sport or a society. So uh, my mother, my uncles, a very tight group of family friends sat down in the living room and talked about how to continue the legacy and the opportunity that Jackie Robinson developed. And they chose scholarships for people of color who had great academic potential, but financial need. So for over the years, thousands of students have been educated based on the contributions of individuals and corporations and institutions into that mission of preparing our youth. I've been living in Tanzania for the last 30 years, so I've never been able to be involved as much as I would like to. But in 2018, again, based on my mother's particular uh, history and vision, the foundation created a Rachel Robinson International Fellowship Program. And the first year was 2018. And we, I, I and, and, and one of my sons who live here with us in Tanzania, were extremely happy to welcome about 30 Jackie Robinson scholars who were oh. studying at universities across America into Tanzania for two weeks for them to be involved in a work-study program. That program carried on into 2019 and was discontinued this year, uh, not discontinued, but put on hold this year because of the coronavirus. But basically it's about, uh, the foundation has been about preparing people who have ability but financial need to be able to get in and, and participate to their maximum in society. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Are, are there any programs that you, that you foresee that you'd like to, uh, to kick off you know, in 2021 and beyond to add to what's already being, being done? This technology is an incredible tool, which I'm, I'm blessed to have 10 children, and they are my future. They are my life everlasting. Ameta is our first graduate, and she's taken the, the key, a key role in the flow in the coffee industry in terms of marketing and developing the finished product. She works with green coffee, taking it from green coffee to being roasted coffee, to being presented to the consumer community, delivered to the community, uh, consumer community, and, and, the, and the consumer community 
paying back for their coffee and right. seeing that those funds go back to the producers. But her sisters and brothers, we spent 10 years starting a coffee farm and being part of, of a collective of coffee farmers who started a cooperative. We are now both on the Jackie Robinson Foundation level and on our level of cooperative coffee farmers using technology in order to enhance our educational offerings. The foundation is reaching out to thousands of more students who are not necessarily able to get scholarships, but who are able to benefit from what the, the information that all of the thousands of scholars uh, have had from the past that they can give to students who want to, who are embarking on going to college. In our cooperative, we are now filming all of our educational presentations so that when you have a presentation to a hundred co-op members and you filmed it, now you're able to welcome another hundred and another hundred. Right, so exactly. That, that same experience and just this Zoom experience we're having now, we have members of our rural community who have never been to the capital city of Dar es Salaam. Right. But through this technology, we're in 2021 bringing experts, health experts, for example, for around women's health. Our women's organization in the village will come together in an educational, a, a multimedia educational center that our co-op built and sit and have a Zoom communication with a, a female doctor in the capital city of Dar es Salaam to talk about health issues. So huge potential in terms of technology, huge potential in terms of bringing intellectual resources together. And I'm, I'm extremely grateful in our family. We have worked from picking coffee, planting coffee seedlings, nurturing seedlings for four years, to Meta being able to process invoices, orders, customer <laughs> service, and right. making sure our roasters, you know, are producing an excellent coffee yeah. for a for a consumer who are our partners and you know esteemed clients. Right. I love how David, you know, access to technology. If we've learned, if if anything has really smacked us in the face here in 2020. It's how we've got a lot more heavy lifting to do to make sure and ensure that the rest of the globe has got access to technology. And I love what you're doing there, David, through your efforts to um, use and harness technology to help in, in the healthcare arena and beyond. So really admire that. I tell you, you and, you and your family, Meta and uh, David and your family, keep on giving and, and giving so much and, and such a, a heartwarming story. Greg, I know we kind of we've touched on so much to this point and and I kind of I, I got to keep fighting myself to go dive deeper on this and dive deeper on that because it'd be an 8 hour all day interview but Greg where are we going next I mean I think we've heard a lot about what you've experienced this year and and in the past years I'd love to get your perspective on you know what you have your eyes on or what you potentially see coming in the future is there a particular issue or a topic or a challenge or an opportunity that you is really got your attention right now that is in the forefront of your mind that you feel like acting on or following even closer and i'm going to swap it up a little bit meta let's start with you 
Um, yeah, I think when it comes to the work we're doing, I think I touched on this a little earlier, just about looking a little closer at our, you know, e-commerce business and investing a little bit more into that. We've seen a trend where consumers are not just interested in buying from the big companies, you know, they're invested in buying and supporting small businesses, right? There, there, you know, there's this big movement towards supporting small businesses, supporting and, and supporting family owned and minority businesses, right? To, to be mm-hmm. frank. So we have a unique product. We have a unique story. I don't know of another family or brand that can truly take the position or, or, or claim to be producers and distributors and marketers of their own products. So that is a unique feature that we have. It's something that we want to continue to talk more about. We want to continue to let our customers understand the relationship that they get to have with coffee producers simply by buying this product and not just buying directly from farmers, but also the impact that they're making, right? What does your coffee sale mean to Sweet Unity Farms Coffee? So my my goal and, and the issue that we want to tackle and, and, and that I'm, I don't know if you guys can see my board, I have this board and another yeah, There's one. a lot on it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, sometimes you write things and they're all over the place, but I'd like to be able to bring that together so that we are coming out with a stronger position on how we engage with our customers. We are sharpening our narrative about who we are. We continue to tell the same story, but in a more powerful way. So because the audience has also changed, our customers have also changed, and good Lord, this year will have changed how, you know, people are looking at the world and how people are looking at businesses, right? Between the pandemic and the social unrest in this country and the world, it's highlighted some big issues. It's given people a chance to look deeper into how they want to participate in this economy, how they want to participate in this um, society, and, and, and who they get to support right through the work that is being done so I think you know I'm proud of the work that my dad has done I'm proud that he's you know he started this 30 some odd years ago I just got to join um, you know 10 10 years earlier uh, or 10 years ago Um, so I'm proud that you know we already have this strong foundation that Sweet Unity Farms as a brand already has this strong foundation, this mission, this work that I know is not just a job to my dad. It is his life. It is the life of our family. It is not just Sweet Unity Farms coffee. Coffee, it is the name of our farm. It means the world to us. And so the responsibility I feel and the honor that I feel to be able to even be on this podcast purely because of the work that I'm doing, right? And to be able to, as little as it may sound, have a website and an, you know, an Instagram where we're telling a story that 
you know, that I'm proud of at the core of who I am and that I know means a lot to others and has a greater impact on, on you know, the lives of like the coffee farmers in, in Tanzania. So I think the, the goal remained the same, but I think the, the tools we are going to use this year and beyond have just gotten sharper and like, you know, stronger and we're just sort of, you know, more enthusiastic and more engaged and more empowered um, to move forward. And I don't know if there was, I think I read a question about predictions for 2021 or should I wait until you ask? No, go for it. Yeah. (laughs) My response that I had written down was like, I would not dare. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is wise, (laughs) truly wise. Going to um, thank 2020 for all of its lessons, and I look forward to 2021 in whatever shape it comes in. David, same to you. I mean, what do you see? What kind of challenges or opportunities, issues, you know, are in the forefront of your mind? And if you dare, any thoughts on 2021? I would like to uh, support and and maybe uh, expand a bit on, on what Meta was saying. I think people have seen, particularly in this last year, we have to become involved as individuals, as private companies, as organizations to impact our condition. Can't depend on government, can't depend on world organizations. And so we all will be looking for ways that we can impact social injustice. Is a disease worse than Corona? It's been around longer than Corona that we all want to see addressed the same way we want to see a vaccination for Corona. We want to see social injustice because we're seeing it creates turmoil in our lives, both domestically and internationally. And but in the in 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 the international industry. And in our own lives, we have to be prepared. So one of the things that I'm, I'm always excited about for our own cooperative, for our own producer group, is that we are always educating ourselves. And the whole function of a co-op is to take a coffee farmer and turn him into, he and she, into a supply chain partner, wherein we cannot just get the the inequity and the the donkey portion of the coffee uh, uh, economy, but really can become partners where we have money to be able to develop our communities and continue to be global partners and citizens. And I think in consumer countries, like in North America, I think people, companies, organizations are all ready for that because I think we see more, and in 2021 was a great year to teach us, both politics, social conflict, and, and health-wise, to teach us we have got to be prepared and working ourselves. So I'm looking for grateful, I'm looking forward to, to joining with people in 2021. Our co-op has developed the capacity. We've got millions of pounds of coffee grown by small-scale family-owned farms who are looking for partners who will provide a developmental relationship for our, our economy. 
in our communities. And I believe that more and more they are out there today in the American society, as I say, on an individual, corporate, and organizational basis. And we're looking forward to joining with all of those parties to really come together just the way uh, baseball came together in 1947 and make this globe a better circumstance and a better performer for all of our benefit. Enrique, I don't know about you. I know we're, we want to finish on good news. I think this whole hour has been chock full of good news. I don't know about you. No, it has been uh, great. And just that analogy and how powerful it is to realize that in this case, uh, as David put it, baseball is just a game. It's an amazing, beautiful game for a lot of people, but we have to think and use it to, to resolve the, the bigger bigger issues that are we're facing as a society. So, David, thank you very much for that, not only comment that you made, but just the call for action. It felt a little bit more like a call to action for, for people and, and everyone listening to us to really, really think about what we're doing and try to improve rapidly for, for the benefit of the world. and and the communities. So thank you once again. With that said, and something that I think Scott does very well with his own team, he usually finishes with like a good news. Like he asks every single person in his team to share like good news and just one piece of information, short, sweet, just something that has happened to you guys maybe in the last couple of weeks that, uh, that you, for you, it's good news. So I'll start with, uh, with you, Meta. Some good news that that you want to share with everyone to end up uh, with a positive note? For me, this is um, waking up, getting to hear from my family. I think we are living in times where that is, we've always lived in times. Forget we're living in times. We've always lived in you know, a world where that's not always going to happen, right? So I find a lot of joy and pleasure in having some kind of connection with the people that I love with at the top of the morning. So this right now is good news. I'm seeing my dad all the way in Tanzania. I get to talk to you wonderful people. My mother was just calling. <laughs> oh, so you're in trouble. That's awesome. Um, so, so, so good news for me is, is, is connection with the people that I love, and I'll leave it at that. Excellent. No, that's definitely agree with that. And David, for you, any good news in the last couple of weeks, something that you want to share? And, and I'll make it a little bit harder because I'm sure you're going to at least try to say the same thing because I'm sure the feeling is mutual, but you can't copy meta on this. A new piece of good news that you might have other than your family, which I'm sure it's very yeah. important as well. Can I talk about my grandchildren? <laughs> You're just cheating now. <laughs> no, you, you can talk about whatever you want. So go ahead. Coincidentally, I've been here, as I say, for 30 years. A, good, a piece of good news that has just come to me over the last couple of weeks is the existence of a program called Supply Chain Now. <laughs> we, are, we are working in the supply chain the, 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 the dynamics of the supply chain are critical and to learn that there is an organization or a program that are talking about supply chain issues that's great news for me because you can talk about a system a mechanism, procedures, partnerships that can impact the world Nothing is made domestically now. So you're right. talking about global supply chain. You know, if you can bring that to the consumer's attention 
in terms of where the consumer can really benefit the global community as well as themselves. I think that's fantastic. And I never knew that you all existed. So congratulations and, and keep up the good work. Thank you so much. And I think wow. uh, this is basically just a warm up because uh, we should definitely schedule a, a couple more interviews with you to go even deeper, not only into uh, your family's history and, and your personal story, but, but I think we should talk a little bit more about supply chain. What do you, what do you think, Scott? I think uh, <laughs> this could probably be a couple yeah, more I think so. interviews in the future. Easy question. But, and the good, there's so much good news. And thanks, Meta and David, for, for your kind comments and, and just all that you've shared here today. One observation, you know, with Sweet Unity Farms Coffee, if you listen to this conversation and you can't really feel in a very meaningful way why they deliberately chose that name, you're not listening and maybe you need to check your pulse because there's so much passion <laughs> right. behind really that global unity and bringing people together, and, and I admire that. That, that came out in, in all of your answers and responses to different questions. And, and on behalf you know, of our community here at Supply Chain Now, thank you so much, uh, Meta and David Robinson. That means a lot to us. And we're, we're coming. Uh, David, you and being in Tanzania in 2021, working with our partners at Vector and at a group called Sapix, we're going to be highlighting and spotlighting more of the supply chain community in Africa and some of the outstanding things they're doing there, the successes, the challenges, and really create more awareness because uh, it is indeed a global community. So thanks so much for those, those comments. Adrian, Enrique, and Greg, I had a high bar for this conversation because I, I jumped out of bed this morning and excited to, to learn from David and Meta, and it far exceeded even that high bar. What about y'all, Enrique? Yeah, no, for me it was very uh, refreshing. Definitely a good thing to have early in the morning, getting ready for the day. I think this is very exciting, and I kind of leave very uh, motivated to, to do more energized. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, this Agreed. is great. In, in David's words, you know, look where big issues are and do what you can. I mean, and, and, and I couldn't, I've got about 18 pages of notes, Meta and David, <laughs> by the way. Uh, but thank you for that. Greg, give me one quick takeaway from this outstanding conversation. This family is the vaccine for social injustice, mm. is my opinion. I, I would love, Meta, to meet your great-grandparents. Imagine the people that raised your grandparents to be who they are, to create the intentionality of this family. It's a little dusty in here, frankly. Truly, this, this is one of the great global families I, I've ever met, 70-plus years. That, and that's just what we know of, right? That's just from 1947. Right, but imagine what this family was doing before that. So, it's truly inspirational, and and uh, you know, I think regardless of baseball or coffee or uh, whatever it is, th this is a very intentional family with us with a real purpose. Well said, and and, and it's, it, we couldn't do it justice even in the in the hour and some change today, and and we're just scratching the the tip of the, the just tip of the iceberg in terms of the impact. So well said, Greg. Adrian, we'll wrap up with you. What's what's your favorite part about today's conversation? I just want to say, echo Greg's uh, sentiments wholeheartedly. Agree with that. It's just wonderful to hear David and David and Meta's story and and how they've taken uh, the legacy of their granddad and and grandfather and grandmother and just pushed it forward and, and made such a success of, of their lives uh, and, and continue to have that mentality of, uh, you know, giving forward, uh, pushing things forward. Really, really inspirational. Completely agree. All right. So to our listeners, we're going to add 
David and Meta's contact information and organizations in the show notes. But circling back, final question, we promise, uh, and Meta will start with you. How can folks connect with you and your organizations? Sure, you can learn more about our brand, sweetunityfarms.coffee.com. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We'll make sure, hey, there okay. will be a dot coffee before long. I guarantee it. Actually, we're ahead of that. There should be right. Unity dot coffee. You can also find us there, and then Instagram, Sweet Unity Coffee. I think you'll find us. You learn about our history. There's a contact page there, so you can reach out to us with questions, and 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 we are happy to serve and then be a part of this. So thank you for having us. Thank I have a so quick much. question as a potential client, I guess. Meta, can companies kind of reach out to you? And uh, now the holidays are coming. Uh, some companies actually want to maybe gift some coffee, especially if the coffee has a lot of purpose. Is this something that they can reach out to you and ask about? Yeah, and then we've, we've partnered with, you know, small and, and big, you know, initiatives like that. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, the contact us page, you know, comes to customer service. So I will, <laughs> I will um, yeah, I'll respond, and, and, and my dad and I would be honored to be a part of anything. Outstanding. Perfect. Thanks so much, Meta. And David, what's the best way to connect with you and your organization? Oh, my, I, my, my daughter said it. I am sweetunityfarmscoffee.com. Uh, welcome. Uh, we look forward to hearing from as many people who want to talk. Well, huge thanks to David Robinson and Meta Robinson. What an uh, invigorating conversation here today. They're really setting the bar for, you know, we, we sign off every episode here with, with, you know, do good, give forward, and be the change. But, Greg, this embodies that. This epitomizes that, and, and uh, it means so much. So to our listeners, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as we have. Big thanks to our friends at Vector Global Logistics, which power conversations just like this. If you like these conversations and enjoy it, and they impart so much wisdom and really challenge to you as it does for our team, hey, check us out at supplychainnow.com. And on that note, be like Meta and David Robinson. Do good, give forward, be the change that's needed. And we'll see you next time here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. got a seventh guest with us uh, and we're big dog people here in Loganville so is that <laughs> Enrique's dog Chica is an Instagram star uh, 3.7 million followers no way that's probably more like more like 35 well she is more than Enrique oh no that's for more sure more than all of us here combined that's for sure more than me for sure